0: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Eric Saar, and I have Tim Bonteps on from the Washington Post to talk about the Phoenix Suns in the NBA. How are you doing, Tim? I'm good, Eric. How are you? Doing pretty great. So let's just get us started off with how do you feel the Suns did to end the last season? How did their offseason go? What were your thoughts about all the moves they made?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, last season was a bit of a mess. You know, they had the firing of Jeff Hornacek. Uh, you go through the year and see how everything went. Struggle, struggled wins for eyes But At the end of the day You uh, You know the, the Suns wind up with With the number four pick in the draft And they get Dragon Bender um, A young big guy With, with potential to, to do To do a lot of things in the future um, Then they made a I thought a pretty nice trade To go up and get Marquis Chris At the eighth spot um, Give them two Two young big men That they can hopefully Develop over time uh, I thought Trudzi going out and getting Jared Dudley uh, was a was a pretty smart move. Uh, give them a a vet that they needed to kind of instill some some uh, some leadership in that locker room. And Cam is a guy that even towards the end of his playing career was thought to be a head coaching material. And you know, obviously, he got the job a little earlier than maybe people thought he was going to. But from the Suns' perspective, with a young team, uh, you know, he's a guy that they can hopefully can hopefully grow with this group and. And in time, become a really good head coach for them and, and kind of grow with this young group and eventually
0: in a couple of years, maybe be back in a, you know, playoff contention in the Western Conference. So um, more on that, they they get Devin Booker and he has a great season. What do you think about his game and how, his, how he's developing? He's really, to me, he's one of the, he really is more mature than his age. He's not even turning 20 until right when the season's starting. So what do you think about Devin Booker? kind of a, it was a tale of two seasons, right? I mean, the first half of the year, he his numbers weren't that great.
1: He, he looked like a, a really young guy, and then the second half of the year, he put up big numbers and, and looked really good. And I, You know, I think, obviously, he was the youngest player in the draft last year. He would have been one of the younger players in the draft this year, and, you know, he's, he's got a chance to be an all-star shooting guard, which, you know, there aren't many of those guys in the league. Um, it's a really heady player, good shooter. I uh, agree with you about his maturity. He seems like a guy who Who's more than capable of uh, of taking on the mantle of being kind of you know, one of the faces of a franchise, and you know he, he's part of that young core that I mentioned that, that Phoenix has. That you know, you look at him, you look at the two big guys they drafted, you look at uh, Brandon Knight and and uh, Eric Bledsoe at the point, and, and all of a sudden you you know you've got you've got some young guys that hopefully you know a couple of years from now if they they get some seasoning, maybe with another draft pick next year, and Alex Landon center. You know, that, that's a group that you know in time could,
0: could end up being really competitive out west. Definitely, definitely. Do you remember a last season when both times the Suns played the the Cavaliers, he did a hard foul on LeBron, and actually LeBron looked at him, and that picture went all over Twitter about how he, he was his, he was he was surprised that Devin Booker, nineteen year old, would take him out like that with a good hard playoff type foul. Yeah, I mean, you
1: know, he's a guy that, he, 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 he looked like a, a guy that was mature for his age when he was at Kentucky, and, and that, mm-hmm. that certainly has translated to the pros, and, you know, hopefully hopefully that continues. I mean, like I said, there aren't many shooting guards with his potential around the league, and, you know, it'd certainly be nice for the Suns if he, he turns into an all-star and has gives them a guy that they
0: can really, you know, focus his rebuild around. Okay, so take uh, the, the, all the rookies from last year. Apart from Carl Anthony Towns, do you think that Booker projects to be better than everybody else, like Kristaps Porzingis and D'Angelo Russell? What do you think about his um, where he ends up being with all these rookie these uh, sophomores now? Uh, it's kind of hard to say exactly
1: where his ceiling is. I, I don't know if I go quite that high. I mean, I I think I think you have to look at a guy like Kristaps Porzingis and think he's got a higher ceiling. But if you have a a skilled big, is always going to be more valuable than a skilled
0: wing um, even in today's
1: nba but but that being said i mean the last year look rookie class was loaded and 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 booker was one of the best ones so whether he's you know if he ends up being the third best one or maybe miles miles turner says a little better or
0: mm-hmm. you know, some of these other guys it was a it was a, a terrific rookie class one of the best in years and you know if you're if you're one of the best from that group you're you're a pretty good company and they got him at 13 too so it really depends about uh where you could draft, and where you can get value in the draft for those GMs, for sure. Yeah, no question. I mean, look, the fact the fact they got him with the thirteenth pick very well may have been the best pick in the whole draft. When you look at you know where where you were in the draft and, and what your what your options were. So well, the, fact they, the fact that they, the fact that the Suns were able to get him there, I mean, it's a huge move for them moving forward. I mean, it's just like getting Kawhi around fifteen and Jimmy Butler at thirty things that you never think would happen when you were in the draft, and then you. See, four years later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's found money, right? If you if you if you can even draft a starter outside the top ten picks, you're you're in great shape. Let alone somebody with the talent level of a guy like Booker. So yeah, it, it certainly worked out great for them, and hopefully, hopefully for their sake, they will keep developing this season. Definitely. What do you think about the landscape of the NBA and the Suns and the accolades? Like the Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, obviously no one's going to be MVP from the Suns, but what do you think about the different kind of awards? Do you think they're going to get completely shut out like they tend to usually do? Or what do you think about those kind of awards? Uh, Off the top of my head, it's hard to think of the Suns really competing for any
1: awards this year. I mean, I guess if they they surprise, maybe Owen Watson could could get some Coach of the Year votes, but I, I don't really see that happening. Um... You know, I guess maybe if Alex Land becomes a, an impact player as a starting center, maybe he could get the most improved votes. That's kind of a weird award. so You never really are sure who's gonna who's gonna get votes for that. So mm-hmm. maybe him. But I mean, I, I, don't, I usually when looking at a team like this, I think the rookies have a chance to do something. But I, I think both Marquis Chris and Dragon Bender have a lot of development
0: developmental time ahead of them. So I, I don't think either of them are going to factor into that race either. I totally agree with you on that. I think it's going to be somebody anybody else except for them for in terms of rookie of the year. I think the leader of the clubhouse, as it were, for which award they'll win is if Brandon Knight can accept a six-man role, he's like the best, would be the best six-man around. I mean, he's like literally the, seemingly the facsimile of, of a Crawford, who's won it three times more than anybody else ever, so I think that he has a good chance, if he can accept the role, if Bledsoe and Booker are starting, that to do really well as a six-man. What do you think? <laughs> pretty
1: surprised if they can't run him off the bench. It seems more likely that he would start alongside by side Booker with with two bigs out in the front court. I, I think that's probably that that seems like that's probably the, the likely path forward for the Suns at this point. Do you think Booker can be a
0: small forward? Uh, I mean he'd be playing a
1: three guard block, but I mean he is you know he's six six. I mean it, you know, it's not mm-hmm. it, it's not like it's not like he'd look out of it's not like you would look out of place guarding somebody like Paul George on the wing. I mean you know, he's, he's more of a prototypical two-guard, but if you're playing Brandon, if you have Brandon Knight and Eric Wentz, I mean, those are those are probably their three best players. So I, I, I would be a little surprised if they decided to, to have Knight come off the bench, um, even even if he was playing a lot of minutes. So yeah. my, my guess is the three of those guys start together. But you're right, if he did come off the bench, um, he certainly would be a guy that would pull up some points and, and at least be a candidate for six man, especially if he's a
0: little better than people think. Yeah, I think in the Phoenix uh, market, we're all thinking that, uh, that that Booker should play the small forward in a couple of years once he's, like, a veteran. And until now, I mean, this it, it would be tough. Plus, Tucker, once he, I mean, he's injured right now, but Tucker is just, they need him for his defense and his rebounding. So I think that he'll start, and, and TJ Warren, the forgotten man, it seems like, um, would be, once he, he improved his three-point shooting tremendously last season, and they would be kind of better suited for the small forward position, but we'll definitely see what happens. It's definitely um, some interesting uh, positional matchups and, and challenges for Earl Watson. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I just would be, I mean, you, you, those are the three best players. So, I mean, you could play, you could play Bledsoe and Booker together, or Bledsoe and uh, and Wright together in the backcourt, and, and physically mature he'll be a better fit small forward but again i I don't if you look around the league i mean most teams are playing small now anyway and and Mm -hmm. maybe six six or six seven yeah six seven now he can he can can certainly hold up enough against wings i mean no offense to pj tucker or uh or tj warren but i it's hard for me to believe that they're going to tell brandon knight to sit on the bench to to just play more of a traditional small forward instead i I mean, if the Suns are if the Suns are going to do anything this year, they're going to have to play smaller and faster than other teams and use their use their athleticism. So my guess is they will go with those three guys, and then you know, Warren and Warren and Booker will play play more off the bench.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, that, I could totally see that happening. As if I think it was more about Booker rather than about Knight, but I totally agree. Um, what do you think about? Do you think there's going to be any trades this year with the Suns? Do you think that they're going to trade Knight? They're going to trade anybody else? I
1: assume- I think it's possible, um, if, if, if you look at Phoenix's roster, I mean, you just mentioned they kind of, you know, they've got two point cards in Knight and Bledsoe, so they could maybe look to move one of them, um, oh, wow. Chandler, who they probably like to move on from, they've got the two young big guys, so I mean, if they decide to try to go out and get, you know, some kind of a star player that comes on the market, they definitely have some pieces they could turn around and, and use in trades, they've got some picks coming in from Miami, uh, in the future, so... You know, I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't really expect it, but I certainly think if Brian if McDonald wants to to make some make some moves to chase things up, or more specifically, if, if there is some heat and it feels like his job might be in trouble, you know, maybe they do go out and, and try to try to go get some better help to to try and try to improve the roster. There was some talk that they were going to be interested in Paul Millsap. Uh, if the if the Hawks had decided to move on from him back back in July, if they signed out Horford. Uh, so you never know. If somebody comes up, that could interest in them. Maybe they make a move to try to shore things up in a more short-term fashion, and it looks like they're on a the track for
0: now. Definitely, definitely. Um, so let's get more to predictions. Um, what? Uh, where do you see them finishing in the division, the conference, overall? Like, where do you see it falling out? Uh, in the in the.
1: Probably be battling with the Lakers to see who finishes fourth um, in the conference. They're probably going to finish 13th or 14th, I would think, or maybe 15th. They'll be down there with the Lakers, um, probably in one of the last couple spots in the in the West, and similarly they'll probably be in one of the last couple spots in the league. I, I, there's a lot to like about the Suns, but I think it's more of a, a long-term proposition, like I was saying earlier. And you know, it's it's, it's likely they're probably going to end up with another high pick, which is fine because this is a loaded draft and they can go get another really good young player to go with Booker and their forwards and let's own night and, and lead and then maybe in a year or two they're they're looking to take more of a jump up the, the conference standings. Yeah, I kinda
0: of like the Timberwolves probably will this year.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad comparison. Uh, the the Suns maybe don't have quite the the high upside guys, but you know maybe, you know, if they could go from where they are this year to maybe where Denver is this year um, in a year
0: to so then maybe get in the playoffs the year after that I think that's probably a logical progression for them yeah for sure and I, I guess I'm I'm thinking the Kings are going to be worse than everybody thinks they are I think the Kings and the Lakers and the Suns will all be fighting together because the Kings never seem to get everything together uh. they could be uh, the, they could be down there the Kings certainly
1: could always trade to Marcus Cousins they, yeah I could certainly see the Kings being down there in that mix if things don't go well for them but, but if you look at their present day talent they have a lot more guys that are that are veterans that are in position to win. They obviously have an all star center in DeMarcus Cousins. They have an experienced coach in Dave Yeager, so I don't know if is gonna make the playoffs, but I, I think it's much more likely they're fighting for that eight, nine, 9, 10, 11 spot than being down fighting with the Lakers and the, the Suns. But I certainly wouldn't put it past them to, to have a dysfunctional season again and, and trade DeMarcus Cousins and, and and be down there. But you know well the Kings have proven plenty of times they can be a they can be a bit of a circus. And,
0: We'll see if this year is any different. Definitely. Um, you've heard the over-under for the Suns win total is 26.5. Do you think they're going to get over or under that?
1: Uh, 26.5. I would say probably under. Uh, If they were going to be one of the five worst teams in the league, they'd probably get a finish with 25 wins or so. Um, so I, I would say probably under. If they went over it would shock me. they got to 30, maybe 32 if everything broke right and you know, some of these guys take another big step forward, but I, mm-hmm. I
0: if I had to guess, I would say that they, uh, I would say that they they finish below that. Yeah, I've had them. I've I kind of looked at the schedule and kind of gauged it. and I think it's around 33 because I remember watching last year and that they had so many injuries. I mean, they had Bledsoe and Knight all injured, and Marquis Morris and someone else, and T.J. Warren, and they played a handful of games with no point guard, and Archie Goodwin playing point guard. Which is just not something he should do. So I think that they're going to be a lot better, th- th- but they're not making the playoffs. But a lot better than 26 wins, just because Blitzo was playing all-star level last year before he got injured. But uh, we'll see for sure. Um, I think that's possible? I mean, like I said, they could they could get up they could get up into the, the, the very low
1: 30s if, if everything breaks right. But you know, I I, I would say chances are that. You know, they're going to be playing guys like Brent Bender and Chris a little bit. Eric Blitzel is a guy who's had injuries throughout his career, so you kind of have to factor some in for him. And, you know, they they, they just got a, young, they got a young and inexperienced roster. So if things come together, they could end up winning 30, 32 games. But I think it's more likely they take their lumps and, and come back, you know, have a chance to be significantly better next season with another
0: draft pick and all these young guys getting a little better. So I, this question keeps coming up with whether people, with the whole tanking thing, and to me it seems that at the, that the Suns, there's so many players and there's so many roster spots filled with young players that it almost doesn't do them any good to try to keep getting worse and just keep playing um, rookies. Like they shouldn't play Marquise Chris and Bender a lot because it'll just make them worse and make them kind of a Philadelphia for so many years. What do you think about trying to go for the eighth seed? Because, like, even if they're not going to get there, you try, and if you get they happen to get there one of the years, in the next coming years, you gain playoff experience, which you need to get to the next level. What do you think about that whole dynamic about roster spots and all that? Well, there's a pretty significant difference between
1: playing Marquis Chris and, and Dragon Bender and becoming the Sixers. I mean, the, the reason people didn't like what the Sixers were doing is they weren't playing; they were drafting guys who were injured partially. And then they, w- they weren't playing these guys that they were drafting. They, were, they drafted guys that were stashed overseas or guys that had to miss a year. So then they were they were kind of intentionally making sure they were awful and getting another high pick again.
0: You know, okay. it,
1: Phoenix needs to play their young kids. I mean, that, that's the whole point. You're a young rebuilding team. and you, You've got to play these guys and get the minutes and give them a chance to learn. Um, you don't want to play them 40 minutes a game if they're not ready for it. But if the Suns go through the season and don't play Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris more than five, six minutes a game, then – you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. They need to get them out there and get them minutes and get them reps. I mean, that's how you got to get guys better is you get them experience and you play. I mean, sure, you want to get playoff experience to kind of improve as a franchise, but you have to walk before you run. And for the Suns, they need to get these young guys on the court and playing and learning how to play in the NBA. And then eventually, if those
0: guys get better, the playoffs will take care of themselves. Yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm more thinking about in two years when they have they continue to get more players, and they're on the or the the verge of getting in the playoffs, and then try, some. Maybe if you don't think you can get, you can't you can't get past the first round, then you maybe don't. Some some have suggested not trying really, so that you don't. So you get another high pick instead of trying to go for the eighth seed, even if you're going to get swept by the Warriors or whoever. So it's well, kind of the dynamic. Gonna, the Suns aren't going to have to try to get a top pick. I mean, they're not, they're they're
1: very likely going to get a top pick just because they're not very good. So yeah. I mean. It, they shouldn't. They shouldn't actively. I mean, there's a difference, I guess, between actively tanking to get a top pick and just letting your young guys develop. And if you win games, fine. And if you don't, fine. I, I would, I would argue. I would argue that is the situation that. Um, I would argue that's the situation that the uh, the Suns are in. They they have a team that has a lot of young guys that that should be pretty bad this season. But that if but that if they let these guys develop then in a year or two, they've got a chance to be really good. I, I think that's kind of the approach you have to take to it, not, well, we have to make sure we're terrible to get a high pick. I, I, I agree that that's not the way to go. I just, uh, if you play, if they play their young guys and they let everybody develop, you know, they're, they're not really good enough to finish that high anyway unless things go
0: incredibly, if things break incredibly in their favor, and, you know, they have a lot of things break right. So yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's going to take care of itself for them when, when they, uh, you know, just as
1: they... Um, I think that will take care of itself, you know, just as they allow these guys
0: to play and and things play out the way they're they're normally going to. Yeah, I kind of, this whole thing about always adding young players, it's like, at some point your team's too young, and also, like, where is this roster spot, this next, if they get a high pick next year, where's he going to play? Like, if he's only marginally better than a player that they already have that's already also young, it just doesn't seem to be too helpful unless you, he's all-star potential if they get the number one pick in the draft next year, they, they could get Markel Fultz, who's better
1: than Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight, so he'd just play over them. I mean, that, you know, that, or he has, at least he has a, he has the ceiling to be much better than them. So, I mean, that, that's just kind of how you you have to look at
0: it. I mean, it's not, you know, the only way these young guys are going to get better is if they play. Yeah. So you
1: let them play, and if they, if they wind up winning 40 games, because Dragon Bender and Mark, say, say Dragon Bender is ready to play lots of than people think, and he's just good, and uh, Devin Booker you know, progress, progresses and becomes, you know, a borderline all-star. And, you know, Eric Pletoe's healthy for 80 games. And Brandon Knight is healthy for 80 games. Yeah, sure, maybe they can win 35, 40 games if everything, if every single thing breaks right. And then, hey, then you know what? Then you let guys play better than you thought, and you, you're happy about things. But, you know, I, I think there's a difference between letting young guys play and improve and grow and actively trying to lose. Yeah. You know, I think if the Suns the Suns actively try to, to lose the whole season, yeah, I don't think that's helping them. But if, if you're letting your young guys get experience, that, that's what the whole point of a rebuilding process is. Is you, you let
0: your young guys learn and develop, and when they're ready to take the next step, they just do automatically. Definitely. And I guess the only other aspect to that is the whole throwing them in the deep end thing. And does that hurt their confidence? Does, does that help them grow? So I'm just wondering how how soon would you ramp up their Marquise, Chris, and Bender's minutes? Like, What oh, do you yeah, think about well, that? That kind of stuff takes you of itself. You get those guys some time, and you let, you, you know, I'm sure they'll probably come off
1: the bench, um, and you, you let them kind of, you know, get some minutes and, and start to play a little bit. And if they look like they can play a lot more, then you play them a lot more. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, I don't think the Suns drafted Devin Booker thinking he was going to be scoring 19 points a game the last two
0: months of the season. Um, but he showed he earned more minutes, so he got more minutes, and then he played better. It's so, pretty simple. You know, I, I, yeah, it's just... Just kind of this kind of stuff. You
1: know, people like to ruminate on it, worry about it, and try to game out who's going to play or when do you start playing guys more. The NBA through a business. If guys are ready to play, they play. If they're not, they don't. I mean, it it just that stuff all takes care of itself. You know, there is there's a time and a place to let guys develop and give them developmental time. But they're not they're not just going to play guys
0: 35 minutes a game if they're not ready for it. You Mm -hmm. know, they will play them 10. And then if they deserve 15, they'll get 15. And it'll just kind of go from there. Well, very good. Um, Any final thoughts on the Suns coming into the season? Uh, No, other than that, I I just think
1: that they've got a lot to be excited about. They have a good young team. um, You know, they've they've got a lot of talent. And, you know, I I think it's just going to be a matter of
0: allowing it to grow and develop and and seeing how long it takes for, for things to start to look better. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Tim, for coming on and giving us the national perspective on the Phoenix Suns. Going into the 2016 17 season. Check out all of Tim's work on the Washington Post and follow him on Twitter at Tim Bontemps and follow me at EricStar. Thanks, Tim. Have a great night, everybody.